This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Mix. You've waited patiently all day. All wait. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. 10-5, touchdown Chargers. To college. Harp. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. All right. To the pros. I really do trust the Dolphins to get this thing done. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Jackson can't find anyone. Looking to take off and run. Bounces away. Still surveying. Still alive for an end zone. Caught for the touchdown. Nelson Aguilar. They jumped all over us. Well, Lamar gave us problems. We could never apply enough pressure, and when we did, then he would he'd let him out of there. We've been through a whole lot worse than this. This is a tough game. You know, we got our butts kicked, but this group's had a lot of uh, adversity, and this is kind of our first taste of getting kicked in the teeth this year. And yeah, we need to respond the right way and show up, make sure we're ready to go. I mean, this is this is really nothing for us. I feel like we we've, we've been in way worse situations. It just is what it is. It was a tough pro game against a really good opponent, and we've been in the foxhole before. And you know, this is nothing new to us. A somber Monday following a blowout loss for the Detroit Lions. Welcome in to this Monday edition of The Payoff with Ben Bosher and John Vacari. I'm Brad Tunney. Each and every day brought to you by and fueled by Forward Energy. Glad to have you with us up until 6.50 tonight before we get a replay of the Midland Dow City Championship game from Friday. That game going to be uh, redone uh, a rematch, if you will, with John Vacari on the air Friday night in the district semis. But we've got a lot to get to today. New developments in the Michigan Connor Stallion sign stealing investigation. And so that'll be on the table for you the entire show. If you want to chime in on that, we'll get to it a little bit later. Bottom of the hour, 989 837 6125. That's the number to text if you want to voice your opinion today. 989 989- 837-6125. And if you're listening on the podcast version after the show, days down the road, whenever you're listening, text that number whenever. We'll get your thoughts on the air no matter when you provide them. Ben, we've got to start hot and heavy with the Lions right away. 38-6, blowout loss. It was over in the first quarter. They were down 28 nothing in the first half. It was an old-fashioned but spanking And all three of us had picked the Lions to cover three going into the week. We got fooled. We did not sell high when we should have. Mm -hmm. And we got spanked for it. The Lions are now 5-2 and with one of the easiest schedules of any team in the NFL remaining. But we've got to face the music on this one for at least a little bit. A butt kicking is an understatement. That was brutal. Across the board, every way, shape, and form. Not only did they not show up, they got embarrassed. They got waxed. Whatever word you want to describe it, uh, the coaches included. Just an awful performance from, you can put as much of it as you want on Dan Campbell, but you look at both of these coordinators. Uh, ben Johnson was no match for Mike McDaniel. They had no idea where these blitzes were coming from. So maybe a bit of a heat check for Ben Johnson too. Aaron Glenn uh, reverted back to his old self from the beginning of last season when he looked like the most clueless defensive coordinator in the entire NFL going against Todd Munkin, who was formerly with the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, 
absolutely no pressure on Lamar Jackson. Mike McDonald, by the way. McDonald. Yes. Absolutely no pressure on Lamar Jackson. He did whatever he wanted for four straight quarters. And what he did was look like the best quarterback in the NFL. And he didn't even do it really on the ground. There's this narrative going around right now that the Lions can't stop any, they can't stop these mobile quarterbacks. He didn't do it to us on the ground. He tormented us. Had a couple of play action passes that he kept, but otherwise, right. he had a couple of RPOs, but otherwise, I mean, he was through the air as efficient as efficient gets. And just escaping. The, the, the few times they did get to him, he was just dance away from it effortlessly, glide away, and find some wide open receiver down the field. Every single time. I mean, no one was even zero pass breakups for the Lions. You had six different guys on the Ravens catch a ball longer than 20 yards. Yep. It just felt like everyone was wide open no matter what. And Lamar Jackson took advantage of it. It was more than a reality check. It was something that I know we talked about this a little bit leading up into the show. This one shook me to the core. And you the, the season's going to continue. I don't think the Lions aren't going to win the division game or aren't going to win the division anymore. I still think they're going to make the playoffs and probably clinch the division before any other team based on how poor the competition is in the NFC North. So yes, I still think they're going to find tremendous success this season, but I don't think I can just throw this game out the window, burn the tape and forget about it. This is one that's going to haunt me in the back of my mind going into every single game against a half decent opponent. And now you're looking at, Oh, well, are the Lions real Super Bowl contenders? People are throwing the word fraud around. That That's a completely different conversation. Like I said, I still think this team is going to finish with one of the better records in the NFC. But a home, or any game away against a half-decent opponent? I'm a little bit worried. The Ravens, they knocked us out cold. at In the very beginning, first round, 28 to nothing before the Lions had even picked up a first down. Yeah, again, 989-837-6125, 989-837-6125. Shoot us a text. I think the one thing that when Ben walked into the office today that stuck with John and I in particular was this idea that he stated word for word, they're going to host a playoff game, and at noon on that Sunday or Saturday, I'm going to be looking at my TV still thinking about the Ravens game in week seven. Yeah. I just don't, I don't get, get it. how you can't think about this. I game. just don't get it. That was not, that was more than just a loss. That was a we're going to do whatever we want to you for sixty minutes. Correct. And you have absolutely no answer or adjustment for any of it. So the question for folks is whether or not you're willing to burn the tape here and move on. This was let's say a scheduled loss, whether it was for you prior to the game or not. But these games happen for Super Bowl winners and for Lions teams that have had success in the past. Uh, evidence of that by the 21 Rams that lost by three touchdowns. In fact, there have been five Super Bowl winners in the last 15 years that have lost by three touchdowns or more at some point during the season, including the 2017 Eagles. They lost by 41 during the regular season and then won it in February of 28. The Bucks lost by 35 two years ago. The Ravens lost by 30 with that stellar 2012 uh, uh, team that won it in 2013. And so these things happen for good football teams. I'm not willing to look past it. And but can, there's certainly no chance that when they host a playoff game against possibly, what, who, the Atlanta Falcons? They host a playoff game against who, the Seattle Seahawks? That I'm going to be uh, thinking Seattle's about the Week 7 matchup against 
the Baltimore Ravens. Look, coming into the game, they were underdogs. They were not 33-point underdogs. I could tell you that much, 32-point underdogs. But they were dogs. It was the second straight road game after a real high, right? Mm -hmm. Last week was the win of the season for the Lions. Not only that, but probably across the NFL slate last week, it was the most impressive win of the week. Right. And yet they come back, and they stub their toe just a little bit. I think it also says a little bit to me about the archetype of this team, a team that relies on the run game and an offensive line. Offensive line had their worst game of the, of the season, and on top of that, there was no David Montgomery. I had been a champion for the offensive line this entire season, thinking that they were making Montgomery. I don't think I can say that anymore. No. That, that was a correction. That was a course correction for me in particular, where I thought the offensive line was making a guy that was not a top 10 back in the NFL, not even a top 20 talent at the position. That's false. David Montgomery makes a difference with this team, and we saw it over the weekend. The moment they had the inability to run the football and fell behind early, you put Jared Goff outdoors, where statistically it's a real thing. This guy struggles and is a different quarterback over the time of his career with the Rams and the Lions and in the brief sample we've had with him outdoors in Detroit colors. He's a different guy. And in particular, with wind gusts of 15 to 20 miles an hour, he struggles heavily. And it's not a shock that we saw some of the balls do what they did out of his right arm over the weekend. How many balls did he miss 15 yards from the line of scrimmage that fell two yards short of the receiver's feet? He looked like me throwing a football, treading water. And, and Brad, I would love to be able to disagree with you and say, no, I, I don't think Jared Goff was as much of a problem there. Think, I, I mean, Ben Johnson deserves a little bit of a pushback too because no one was picking up the blitzes. The offensive line looked lost, and Jared Goff, because of it, looked like he was playing in high heels. He was, yes. he was backpedaling. He was worried. He was not looking like a normal self. And we've seen this before. You've mentioned outdoors when he's under pressure. I mean, he's one in four in his career versus Dan Quinn, Bill Belichick, and Mike McDaniels, four of the co uh, defensive coordinators that really like to come and bring disguised blitzes yeah. in the NFL. We saw that in the Super Bowl when they went up against Belichick. All these disguised blitzes, and Jared Goff had just no clue what was going on. Two big things over the course of his career, even before he got here. Got to blitz him. He struggles. Struggles with win. He's now under 500 in his career. And again, he's been a highly successful quarterback. Right. Winning record for his all-time career, but sub 500 with just 10-mile-an-hour wins or more. And, and I hate to bring it up, but that Super Bowl run in 2018, all three games to get to the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. including the Super Bowl, indoor stadiums. And to be fair, that 2018 Rams team also had a stinker. They averaged 32 points a game. Juggernaut of an offense. And then week 14 versus Chicago wasn't super windy, but it was a cold day out there in the Windy City. Only six points. Yep. And they were the highest scoring offense in the league that year. Yep. And, you know, Jared Goff has been sacked five times, uh, twice as a Detroit Lion, both times. I mean, obviously yesterday was one of them. Last year versus Dallas, the other time, both times Detroit only scores six points. If you get to him, get him backpedaling, get him a little worried, he starts to get rid of the ball a little quicker. He starts to not be able to make these simple reads that he usually thrives in, and you get games like yesterday. Look, going to be a somber tone today. Football team got destroyed by 32 points. Humbled. Coming off of what we thought. Look, Stephen A. had him as the number one team in football. PFF had him as the number three team in football. We were talking about, oh, one seed, one seed, one seed, but they needed to win. I think the one seed is still very much in play. Right. But now we think it's needed after what we saw over the weekend. We've got a couple of texts coming in. We'll get to those in just a minute. We're back in 90 seconds right here on Monday's edition of The Payoff.
back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Happy Monday. Hopefully everyone's work week off to a good start, but you have reached the payoff with you each and every weekday, 6 to 7 o'clock right here on the all-new Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. We're fueled each and every day by Forward Energy and Forward Convenience Stores. A couple of texts rolling in today using the Frick Sports Bar text line, 989-837-6125. Hey, guys, I'm Josiah, and I live in Midland. Love the new lineup, and payoff has become my favorite show. Fox Sports Radio so much better than whatever crap ESPN Radio was putting out. Hey, Josiah, Sounds like a plant. Big Big Josiah guy, because he comments on our web posts as well. He does, big fan. We got another text coming in during the show about six minutes ago. Harbaugh hired the same video guy as Michigan fired. Now, is that in relation to Jim or John? Lions looked a lot like Sparty, or the Ravens looked like the Wolverines. Hmm, let's go Wings and Pistons. How about that? Yeah, quick note on the Wings before, we're not going to get to them a whole lot today, but they're pulling... Best team in hockey right Cup now. Cup favorites? Cup favorites. <laughs> Eight goals for the Brinkett. That's right. Got a lot to talk about with them coming up later in the week. We want to hit this uh, Detroit stuff a little bit harder. We'll talk about Harbaugh, the Stallions, new reports coming out in that investigation coming up at the bottom of the outer hour. Don't worry. A lot of thoughts on that one. Keep the text rolling in at 989-837-6125. One thing that we teased going into break was this idea that the one seed is still in play, which I very much think it is, and I'll tell you exactly why. Look. San Francisco's got what I think to be six real games left on their schedule. Oh, brutal. It's brutal. Cincinnati, at Jacksonville, Tampa, at Seattle, at Philadelphia, Baltimore. Granted, they've only got one loss, and they still got to play tonight on Monday night. But let's say they beat Minnesota. Could they just lose two or three of those last six? Certainly. Detroit's only got two real games left to me, and you don't want to overlook anyone, but it's at the Chargers that might not even be a real game, right? The Chargers are not very good, and it's indoors, and that's where golf uh, thrives. And then at Dallas, of course, coming up in December. Philadelphia's got an even worse schedule. Six tough games. Dallas, both home and road. At Kansas City. Buffalo. San Francisco. At Seattle. I don't think it is far-fetched to think that just based on favorites in every game on those that we just discussed, that all three of those teams finish 13-4 and four this year. One hundred percent. And you mentioned that Eagles gauntlet of a schedule. Those are all consecutive too. It's Dallas oh, yeah. on the road, KC, home Buffalo, home San Francisco. Six of the last ten for at both of Dallas, them. Dallas yeah. at Seattle. Like that is just a gauntlet of a six week schedule. So yeah, the ones like like I said in the first segment, the Lions are still gonna have tremendous success in the regular yeah. season. We shouldn't be adjusting those sort of expectations, but I'm not gonna lie. Sunday shook me. It's an honor and a privilege. It's going to stick with you. Right. It's an honor and a privilege to be able to call your team a Super Bowl contender, to be able to call yourselves a Super Bowl contender. You don't just throw that word around and not be able to defend yourself. You have to have some sort of explanation behind it. And yesterday, I've got no defense for it. I've got no explanation or no words to describe to defend what I saw. It was hot garbage. So it, to they made us look silly, mm-hmm. like a lot of people. All those people you said that had the Lions number one, us for talking about them in their Super Bowl window, they embarrassed us. Mm-hmm. It was a awful showing. Hands across the board just just got awful. I mean, that was I would say the Lions versus. I, I you want to throw Seattle as a real offense? That's fine, especially because they got the win, and then the Chiefs. Without Kelsey, I'll still consider a real offense. But 
And this time in October is when offenses start to click and you got the Ravens at the worst possible time. Uh, that's That was my takeaway from yesterday. Lamar Jackson's MVP odds just sh- like a skyrocket just shot through the roof because he looked unbelievable. Yep. And I Probably think, playing the best football of his career. Yeah, I, I, I think the thing I learned, obviously I think this Detroit defense needs to reset itself in a bit. And we're going to get into this, whether there's free agent targets or trade options because the secondary did not look good. The linebacking core uh, was exploited at times. And you really can't pass rush uh, Lamar all too often. You'll catch him a couple of times, you know, and if you're lucky, really. But it, it's hard to contain him. And you saw what he can do if given a little more extra time in the pocket. And then he creates more time in the pocket. And, I mean, that was as rough as rough gets. But you guys, first- you guys throwing out the schedule, I mean, do they have a real offense yet or left that they have to face? No, they that, play two that's, quarterbacks. <laughs> that's that's right. the main thing. They play two uh, quarterbacks the rest of the way, and one of them yeah. is off a bye. It, it's, and, it's what should lifted you off yeah, you know, the, they played, the, the pillow this morning. They, they the play Justin that, Herbert off yeah. a bye. Should be able to handle that. And then they play Dak Prescott, who looks like a total used car. I mean, he's he looks terrible. If they want to get yeah. after the quarterback a little bit more, maybe they should stop playing Jack Campbell at Campbell. 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 Camp Bell. Stop playing him at <laughs> Maybe he doesn't get he's a camera if he's doing man. what he's doing. He's been terrible. I was going to say, I'm I'm not on your side here, Ben. I don't know. I'm not going to think about this one for much longer than like today, tomorrow, and maybe Wednesday. I'm, I'm going to burn the tape, frankly. I'm going to look past it. I'm going to see a team that's 5-2 and two, that if you would have told me they would have been 5-2 and two with a top five offense. To win. And, and a top 20 defense, which I know doesn't sound great, but remember, this was the 27th ranked defense last season and they were a winning football team by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're a top 20 defense, they're a top five uh, offense, and they've got some injuries on the defensive side of the ball of their new acquisitions, namely C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and you told me they were 5-2, and two, major win. You and told me the division was as bad as we thought it was, major win, and that they were going to host a playoff game. Everything is still in front of this team. I do have a couple overreactions, though. You just named one guy that, I'm sorry, This has been like three weeks in a row of this. It's been, frankly, almost all season. Last week, there was one thing that you and I disagreed on uh, off-air, and it was I didn't think the defense was real. I thought we needed to see way more from the defense, and I was willing. We had this discussion two weeks ago about potentially trading Jamison Williams uh, for Brian Burns, the the edge rusher for the Panthers. And it was, well, one, we don't want to give up on J-Mo, and we don't have to spend time on that, but it was I think the defense has, has done okay. To me, the urgency here is right now you've got roughly 18 months to win a a Super Bowl. 15 months, really. You've got this year and next year before the golf extension kicks in. You've got urgency. The defense now, according to PFF, is 17th in the NFL. That's not going to win you a Super Bowl. The pass rush is beyond the top 20 now. That's not winning you a Super Bowl. The defense is not good enough. And now we have evidence of it. And it's been back-to-back weeks where Aiden Hutchinson has been basically silent. And that's fine. Game. That's fine, right? It's like really if, not, if you can though. double him, if you can game plan against him, that's all you need if you have competent players beside him and they have too many holes on the defensive side of the ball. My overreaction is that this team needs to make one, if not two, major moves on the defensive side of the ball. Screw the draft picks for the next three years, okay? You've got a two-year window. I'm ready to go there. I, like, I'm starting to be with you. It, it's, I don't know if you have the time to waste on an offense that looks like this, despite injuries throughout the year on the offensive line, despite wasting the 12th overall pick last year on Jamison Williams, who still can't provide you a damn thing. 
The Don't defense is not over that right now, though. I'm look. I'm not. Zay Flowers made Jamison Williams look like a middle school wide receiver. Yeah, Zay Flowers is better than Jamison Williams. Are you happy? That sucks. He was taken past him, and he was taken this summer. I'm aware. And he's a difference maker. Like that I'm is aware. a a b sample of a team that hit on their first round Brad, wide I'm receiver. I'm not disagreeing with you, right. Brad. Dude, the fact the fact they're throwing screens to Reynolds instead of. Uh, Instead of JMO is ridiculous. And that was, that was one of the things that pissed me off about Sunday. When again the score was out of hand, but and got to got to put your skill position player in those yes. screens and those jet sweeps, and they just don't do it. Which Here, is ridiculous. I, I Fred, think they actually your, scheme well on the screen stuff. They've done a much better sure. job. They scheme really well. And, and defensively, to your point, I mean Charles Harris was our our off season hero. This guy who got uh, all the beat writers saying, "Oh, just changed his attitude. There's something different about him." Our week one starter across from Aiden Hutchinson on the edge. It was a healthy scratch on Sunday. Yeah. He couldn't even get on the field. So, yes, there is, there is a lack of help for Aiden talent. Hutchinson. There's a lack of talent on the defensive side of the ball. And part of it it's falls on Brad it. Holmes. It just does. We can white knight him all we want. Part of it's injuries, too, which we're yeah, overlooking. It is. I, it's it hard is. to but say everyone's this is on got Brad injuries Holmes because right you could have CJ back on, on the defensive side of the ball. You didn't know Emmanuel Mosley's going to tear his ACL again. Like, Correct. It, that's just And Jerry Jacobs with the late scratch, putting Will Harris in that. Will Harris just isn't good at He's football. not there. No, Will Harris had a terrible week. Jack Campbell had a terrible week. But Jan Campbell's your, Jack Campbell's your first-round pick. If he's not ready, he's not ready. I agree with you. Kirby Joseph was your third-round pick last year. He sucks. He can't play. He was so good last year. I'm not ready to give up <laughs> Look, on him. He, he's, he's not good enough. He led the league in picks. He's been terrible I all know, season. I know. All I'm not season. ready to 100% give up. Benito on Jones though. is not an NFL player on the defensive okay, now line. Okay, now you're just saying things. He's top 10 in snaps on the team. He can't go out there every single day. He's in the middle of the defensive line in a group Brad, that— Brad, the interior defensive linemen have been quite literally— He's, Fine. He's the worst graded player on the defense, and every time they run the ball up, the, like he's he's not good enough. That's, Again, who is fifteen this? Benito Jones, fifteen okay. month window to win the Super Bowl, and there are four gaping holes on your defense. So when I say yeah, I want to see one to two moves. These are the locations I want them. Derek Barnes also terrible. Both linebackers terrible. In this fourteen no, five stuff. Stop. Yes. Alex Anzalone's been one of the best. He's been great. In the NFL. He's been great. Yes. So don't don't give me the two guys beside him terrible. The three guys alongside Hutchinson terrible. The secondary disappointing. Derek Barnes has been fine outside of yesterday. So let's not just start saying, oh, these everyone on the defense sucks. Because last week we were talking about this as being one of the better units in the NFL. So let's not overreact to we were yesterday's not, game. Like but, I led this off I with. Do, we were disagreeing off I agree off with you the fact that it's might not be a defense that's good enough to get you through playoff games. We've seen it year in and year out. The teams that make long playoff runs are the ones that can generate pressure on the quarterback mm-hmm. without blitzing and the lions they had that nice week stretch against green bay and against atlanta where they were racked up 12 different sacks but across the three games outside of that or uh the last three games that weren't those two they haven't had a, they haven't brought down the quarterback like it, it's that's almost seeming more like an anomaly now than the fact that this is a great pass rush group to put a positive spin which i didn't think i was going to go with but this loss happens at a good time because the trade deadline's halloween Mm-hmm. So you got to make you got to make a move now, and Holmes Holmes wouldn't have if the the result was no, different and someone else would have exploited. You think so? Yes. I think this is I think this created a lot of urgency, and if it didn't, then that's a problem. It. But uh, a move a move has to be made, and it, it just does. Just no, just where the line doesn't run. have to be a blockbuster type of deal. Like just get a couple more bodies in the building. 
Like, I'm not saying go send three first-round picks for Pat Sertain. That's not what I'm saying. I still sure. don't agree. I, I still think that's a bit of a stretch. Sure. But you can go find one? guys that Yeah, he wouldn't be three. How about just one? Yeah, that's... I, I, hyperbole, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, just go get more bodies in the building. They need more bodies at cornerback right Chase now. Chase Young isn't in play for you. I'm not... I I haven't watched a lot of Commanders games this year. I didn't... I, sure. Oh, but we like, know he's damn good. Sure, yeah, we sure, know he's, he's damn in, good. Well... He, he was a stud... There's a reason he it, didn't get extended. Let's just say that. Yeah, he was a stud two years ago, bum last year. Because he doesn't year. want to be there. He doesn't want to play in Washington. No, no one does. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants to play in Washington. Awful franchise. I think I think those big names should be in play. Again, to me, you got 15 months. You got to get an elite, uh, maybe not an elite pass rusher. You have to get a quality pass rusher. You have to get. Really, you have to get a number two. Not a big you John have Kaminsky to get, fan. Uh, John Kaminsky, you? Julian Okora, like none of these guys are good enough. It, that's the thing you heard all off season about the depth at these positions. The depth. Look how much depth they have on the defense. Um, that's injuries. a that's a that's a secret word for not another star. <laughs> that that's yes yes. Look at Ben. That's a fact. That's that's right. a quote. That's that's right. you put hey, that on a poster hey, for us. Hey, I told you guys, you haven't seen me after a Lions loss. I, as much as I'm going to hype this team up, I'm going to be brutally honest when when the time comes. You said you were going to have nightmares for 12 months about this one. So you walked in. That's and said. still true. Ben, were you wearing a ski mask for this game, by the way? Uh, I ripped it off by the time it was 14-0. Oh, right, right. And I think I was at that time. Who knows what I was yelling at? Nine eight nine. Got some curse words. Eight three Jeez. seven. No, no, yeah. not the 24 inch. 837 <laughs> 989-837-6125. Frick's text line. Got another text coming in. Lions laid an egg. Better now than when it matters. We'll be fine, boys. Yeah, but Super you, Bowl like bound. we said no last week, these games do matter. These they do games if you want the one seed. Yeah, these are the type of games You're you got to win. Pole position the for the seed. one seed if you win. And I think, you know, we're going to, you know what, let's take a break. We'll come back with the one seed stuff because I think that's good. Uh, the Michigan stuff, also hot and heavy right now. Whether or not Harbaugh is tied to this Connor Stallion stuff or not, if you were listening to Bill Simonson uh, leading into our show from 3 to 6 today, you know, look, his tone has changed immensely already. On Friday, it was this was the greatest witch hunt since uh, Watergate, and now it's, oh, wait, Harbaugh's not even involved. Like, we're getting closer and closer to this being a thing. And what being a thing? That Harbaugh's involved. Hey, be careful, be careful. This we'll is going to get good, folks. We'll I, take a quick time out. <laughs> we'll be back with more after this in a Monday edition of The Payoff. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to The Payoff. Back with a Monday edition of The Payoff. Disappointing performance from the Lions this weekend. That's okay. Hey, for some people out there, it was the worst weekend of their football-watching lives. That's true. Any Not Lions me, and Not Spartans me, fans, whoop, whoop. The other, the other half of the population out there, they're fans of the best team in the country. Brad Tunney, Ben Bosher, John Vicari, Insider Blazy Electric Studios, the payoff fueled each and every day by Forward Energy. I think one thing that uh, you know John brought up prior to the show today is this idea that we had spent so much time last week on the one seed, the one seed, and you win and you're in the pole position for the one seed, and, and that's true. This Jared Goff stuff is troubling, though, fellas. And like I said, now a 500 quarterback in his career against the spread outdoors, and it only gets worse when he plays, plays outdoor late in the year, December, January. The issue is the two teams that we think are ahead of them right now in the NFC, San Francisco, Philadelphia, outdoors, and they may have to go to them in the playoffs. That does not bode well. Yeah, but San Fran doesn't have those. Yeah, the I'm bad not. I'm not worried about Goff, who went to Cal playing okay, in San Francisco, okay. one bit. But if he has to go to Philadelphia, you could just. 
I don't I mean, know that's if anybody's a winning in I, Philly. That, that's a th- I mean, making sure the Eagles don't get the one seed is prior, priority number one. It should be for San Fran. It should be for Detroit. And then you can throw, you know, whoever leads that. in the this South is the there is a joke. Because the, the, Eagles, the Eagles at home are not getting beat. This is the I'm positive sorry, part of the show. The yeah. fact that we're even talking about this idea that the Lions are in play for the one seed still after a 32-point loss. And not only that, you know, they're in position to do it. And so... You don't have to do anything special. You're going to be favored. Like, if you win all the games you're favored in, you're going to be favored heavily. You can in. handle losses against Dallas and the Chargers. You and, can. And you'll be in play still. You'll be in play. Uh, I think it still makes the one seed more important because what we saw from Jared Goff this weekend was not good enough on the road and with wind. The better part about the one seed is not only getting to host, it's avoiding both of the Niners and the Eagles. You would only have to play one of them. That's huge. Well, depending on the seeding shakes out, but yes. 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 Hypothetically. Those are going to be the top three seeds, I imagine. Well, now, how would you avoid... If they were the one seed, you'd avoid them. You'd only well, have to play like one like of if, them. Well, theoretically, if one of them... Oh, falls had, off. Yeah, yeah. but if that's Seattle the case, then okay. The division or something. Yes, yes, yes. And, and so not only is the one seed important for, for home field advantage, it's important to keep golf out of the elements of playing the Eagles guaranteed, most likely. Right. And you avoid playing... Two tough games come postseason time. We know the importance of the one seed. We don't have to stress that to you. But I think in particular with a quarterback like Jared Goff that statistically, look, we've got enough evidence now, course of his entire career. He's a 30-year-old quarterback. We've seen enough. And we saw the way he threw the football on Sunday. That's okay to overreact to, I think, if you're a Lions fan. Because I'm comfortable doing it. I know John is. I know Ben, I think, is there. To what? Overreact and say he's awful? Like, that yeah, he's going to struggle in, in the elements. Yeah, he's going to struggle like, in the elements. That's done. He's a different guy in the elements. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, you look at all this evidence and it's hard to say, no, this guy, these are flukes. Like, no, you look at what he does outside in cold weather games when it's windy. And it, it's at this point in his career, it's a thing, which is why it's all but important to avoid playing in Philadelphia, a place that's damn near impossible to win at right now. Um, so yeah, you, you look at the rest of the schedule, you need to put together as much as possible in order to get home playoff games in a dome. I think that's the most important Mm -hmm. thing. And obviously this is way down the road. And after Sunday, we shouldn't even be talking about it, but you win a couple playoff games and the big one is indoors this year. So just throwing that out there. Hey, John, Ben hasn't been ready to uh, move any draft picks yet. You know, Brad Holmes is the second <laughs> coming and all this stuff, what he does with Yes. Him. You know who looked really good on Sunday when I was watching that game? Uh, Detroit, Baltimore you're talking about? Yeah, you know who looked really good? Ooh, Nelson Aguilar? Here comes something stupid. Roquan Smith. Oh, Roquan Smith. You know who looked really good on the defensive side of the ball? Roquan Smith. Patrick, you know what? Patrick Queen looked good, too. What did, uh, what did Roquan Smith cost the Ravens in terms of draft capital? Feel like you're the one that knows the answer. I know, no, I didn't know. How about you answer your own question? Third, fourth. He was a second and a fifth. That's all. Okay. Got him from the Bears before uh, last season. Yeah. A second and a fifth. Mm. Ben, would you be willing to acquire a guy to the talent of Roquan Smith (laughs) for a second and a fifth round? But you would do that. So we're not talking three firsts for Patrick Sertain, right? We're talking like reasonable trade offers. Would you make two deals like that? Would you give up your second round pick for the next two years? To acquire a defensive end and a linebacker. Would you be willing to do that to make this a top 10 defense in the sport? Sure. Yes, of, of course I am, Brad. But are you willing to move Jamison Williams to do it ah, as well? Ah, that was the kicker. 
A little third round pick with a little JMO sprinkled in there. Whew, Washington could use him for Jace Young. You know, a guy they may there see some young. Uh, certainly you know. players available. There are guys available in your own division. Daniel Hunter, linebacker for the Vikings. Having a really nice year. Yeah, could, they, they could go fleece the Vikings again. That, that's worked out for Brad Holmes in the past. That's right. TJ Edwards. Good pass rush for the Bears. Neither of those teams are going anywhere. And they would not cost as much as Roquan Smith. They would both be nice on this defense. But, but don't you know, for, you know a former Lions, a former Lions draft pick? Plays for the Patriots. Great coverage linebacker. Where they've struggled. In the middle of the field. Lamar Jackson tore him up 10 to 20 yards downfield today. Or yesterday. Jelani Tavai. No, you're just... He sucks! <laughs> Tavai is awful! Now you're just saying names! He was awful! I was like, Kyle Van Noy was drafted by the Lions? I don't remember that. Well... Calvin Noy was drafted by the Lions. Oh, he was. Okay, yes. that's what I thought. But you were so going. is Tavai, and they both turned into great, great linebackers Jabril. for the Patriots. I'd rather have Jabril if I'd have. I'd rather have a couple of guys on that Patriot. No, I, you know, I'd had, had to fire that last one in there for him. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Oh man. Look, I think everything should be on the table. I think a lot of folks, Lions fans, are going to be asking these exact same questions over the next two weeks. Well, I guess one week. Trade right? deadlines a week from tomorrow. Eight days. Yeah. I think there's a couple of options in your own division. You bring up the Roquan Smith thing, and and that's a great comparison because if the Lions could get a player of that caliber for that amount, yes, obviously you take the deal. But you can't get ahead of yourself and start overpaying, for example, the way the Bears took in Khalil Mack. Sure. Sure. Bears have look. I mean, that maybe Gotta that's the right just deal. the Bears you thing. You, you gave up too little to to. Uh, mm-hmm. You got too little giving up Roquan Smith, and you gave up too much for Khalil mm-hmm. Mack. They gave up two firsts. Uh, mm-hmm. what what was it? A 2019 first, uh, and a six. A 2020 first. A 2020 first. Yeah, that's too much. Like, there's a fine line here. So yes, am I open to trading? Of course, but. Again, you you can't just be throwing out first round picks like they're meaningless here. Can I have can I just get some some explanation on the Jamison Williams stuff? I know that's your boy. I just gotta know what's going on with with a guy that was drafted twelfth overall last year. I mean, like what's happening? What do you want are you talking about yesterday? Just in, just in general. Like, are we ever gonna see this guy like make a real impact consistently? Like yes, like last week against the Bucks when he caught a Big touchdown? When he cut a touchdown pass. No, I get it, man. I yeah. get it. There have been two drops in the hat over uh, a year and a half now. I get it. Look, man. When are we going to get a consistent Look, man. I told you guys this last week. He's Whoa. never going to be oh, a, a well, second. Know. He's never going to be wide receiver one on this team. Oh, Can he be wide receiver four? Glad we wasted a 12th on him. 12th overall pick. Well, do you want Amonra to just stop playing well? Do you want like do you want do you want him to just resort to being a fourth round pick? Like I don't love Is it. Is that what you want? By the way, by the way, just on the Chase Young front, to say that he hasn't watched a ton of Commanders games, I, I know this year he's got five sacks, yeah, why six would games I? this year. Rookie year he had seven and a half sacks. Obviously he was hurt the last two seasons, but he's healthy now. He's a good edge. He's a cheap contract this year. It wouldn't take a lot of money. He doesn't want to re-sign in Washington. He has made that clear, just like everyone else that plays for the Commanders. He's a rental for the most part, unless you think you want to pay him a bag. But he's going to be relatively cheap other than a bidding war for his services to finish the year. Well, that, he is available, thing, and he's also, a great-edge rusher, and he's going to sack the quarterback a dozen times r- this year. Right, but you got to give up draft capital and pay him when you bring in someone like that who's a, a, a some free of the, agent coming Some out. of the rumors, some of the projections have stated, how about a pair of third-round picks? But, but that also indicates you're paying him as Are you, well. No, it, a pair of third-round picks for this year. Yes, but and you lose him in the, no, the offseason. 
It's a rental. You give up two-thirds to get Chase Young for the end of the year. Yes or no? Probably not. No. Okay. A Buckeye and a you Wolverine got, got on it. the edges. Ooh. You got a, <laughs> if you're guaranteeing you're not getting him back, no. If you can guarantee you're getting him back at a reasonable price, at a fair price, Third sure. and a fifth. Yeah, but, rental. But, but Ben, if they win a Super Bowl, he could go wherever he wants. If you bring him in, he wins a Super Bowl. Okay, you don't want to sign with us. I would, we don't I would want to agree with you. you. Two thirds is steep for a guy who's going to play nine games with you. Right, like yeah. you got to have some sort of indication games on whether or not he's going to play with yeah, you. Yeah, and then yeah. you know the Super Bowl in Vegas, and you know yeah. Anyway, right. we got to get to this Michigan stuff. Hot and heavy right now. Nine eight nine eight three seven six one two five nine eight nine eight three seven sixty one twenty five. Let us know your thoughts. We get into some of this new investigative reporting on the Connor Stallions Michigan Wolverine stuff next. From the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Back on the payoff one final time today. Again, we're getting cut short just a little bit for a replay of that Midland Dow City Championship contest from Friday night. That coming your way in the next 10 minutes. But we've got to hit this Michigan stuff. Latest report coming today. In fact, just two hours ago, from ESPN. Here's the report as well from Yahoo Sports. Michigan staffer Center of Sign-Stealing Investigation bought tickets to games at 11 Big Ten schools. ESPN reporting that Connor Stallions would purchase tickets to games of Michigan opponents in his own name and then forward the tickets to, quote, at least three different people in different areas of the country. In one instance per ESPN, the person occupying the seat purchased by Stallions, quote, held his smartphone and appeared to film the home team sideline the entire game, unquote. You're just trying to get good pictures, man. Thank you. Uh, he also had tickets for the game between Penn State and Ohio State, but those tickets this weekend went unused after Yahoo broke the story of the NCAA investigation last week. So not only did whatever events that were taking place between Connor Stallions and yes or no to the Michigan Wolverines knowing about this, the program as a whole, stop, but they suspended him, the computer is in the hands of the NCAA, and this is officially a real thing, just as I think John and I thought it was on Friday well, and on they Thursday. Had, they had already suspended him, to be, Correct. to be clear. But there was a lot of conversation, man, on Thursday and Friday for a lot of media outlets in this state of, we got to wait. We waited. Kind of. We got to wait. We waited. I don't know if the NCAA in, opens an investigation like this. The sports books are notified, and everyone else is concerned. Every team in the Big Ten is notified. If it's not a real thing, it is slowly, with every trickle of information, getting a little more damning for the program. And now, now the defense is, well, he was working on his own. Harbaugh had no idea. I just don't know if I buy it, man. And, and we got to wait reg- to hear more. Regardless of whether that's true or not, doesn't matter because the NCAA's head coaching responsibility rules states that a head yes. coach is responsible for everything that happens in his program, whether they are aware of it or not. So whether or not Jim Harbaugh knew about all this, whether this guy was just trying to climb the ranks on his own, doing his own little scouting thing, you know, he has a military background, just trying to get up the ranks, please big old Jim Harbaugh in his empire chair that he probably never even saw because you got to work your way up to see Jim Harbaugh. Maybe that's all this guy was doing, but it just doesn't matter. And, and to be honest, even if it was kind of a wink-wink thing, like, hey, how'd you all of a sudden get really good at your job? Because this guy was a volunteer for yep. the Wolverines from 2015 to 2022. And the, when did they say this started? 2021? Yes. All of a sudden, he's doing really good at his job. 
bringing some more information than normal. Hey, man, I think I might be able to tell you exactly the play they're going to be able to call. Oh, well, here's an actual job for Mm -hmm. you. You're no longer a volunteer. Whether or not Jim Harbaugh knew about this, exactly how he was getting this information, we'll probably never find that out. We'll probably take it to the grave, but it might be a little, you know what, Jim, the the less you know, the better. Wink, wink. And then they both go their separate ways. But regardless of whether Jim Harbaugh knew about it or not, I just Might found not it a, matter. I just found it a little troubling last week that most Michigan outlets, most Michigan fans and beat writers thought this was a witch hunt. Well, you're innocent until you said that. You're innocent until proven guilty and there right was now too it much looks smoke. like it looks like they're about to be proven guilty. The, now the, the use of the is, words vast network from the NCAA, the use of the, the the verbiage from some of those coach sources and we we probably know who they are within the Big 10. It's exactly what they laid out on Thursday. Exactly mm-hmm. what they laid out. These were tickets to 30 games, 30 games over the last two years mm-hmm. with evidence already. This has not even a, a, been a full news cycle. It broke on Thursday, and we've already got this on Monday as part of the investigation, that it was 30 games, that he was sending tickets, transferring them over the broker sites to multiple people that were unconnected in different locations of the country. Like, this sounds FBI weird conspiracy thing, but it's exactly what was laid out, and Michigan fans and Michigan beat writers and the Michigan news media downstate was yelling at everyone to wait, and this is a witch hunt, and they're attacking Harbaugh because he's really good. Look, as every piece of evidence comes out, and I'm not ready to jump the gun yet and say that Harbaugh's involved and this was completely organized. Well, it doesn't matter if we he will was keep or not. waiting. We will keep waiting because there's probably a way he can scurry out of it if he's not involved. Right. He goes to the Chargers. Right. Nice. Yeah. And, and, and I, it's I, crazy because simultaneously, as all this stuff is happening, <laughs> I'm going to figure you out, man. I don't know what your accent <laughs> at is. At the exact same time that all of this is happening, Michigan is now the favorites to win the national yes. championship. Yes. J.J. McCarthy is now the betting favorite to win the Heisman. All things are going right for them on the football field. And when the first college football poll comes out next Tuesday, I really do think they're going to be number one. I really do. Now, whether or not and you're, you're trying to compete for a national championship, obviously, that door is wide open. This is this thing gonna loom? I love the is way this, this guy Ben diverts yeah. the attention always. Well, let's last go to those vacated breaks. wins. Yeah, yeah last week it breaks, and he's going to the NFL. This week we get more information, <laughs> and they're the number one team in the country. You know, it's just they could win the national championship, <laughs> and they could come down and and <laughs> I know. And, and hammer Jim Harbaugh. They're with really the damn good. They're a great football really team. We're talking about Stallions, the former Marine. The How are these things not intertwined? Ah, uh, brother. What do you, what do you want me to say? <laughs> hey, they beat the piss out of. Uh, out of Michigan State this weekend, huh? Yeah, they did. They looked like the number one. That was a best team in the country type mm-hmm. performance. And an embarrassing performance for Michigan State. You get a night game in front of your home crowd, big-time crowd, a lot of folks who were there. All the photos showed pack stands to start the night, and you get slaughtered. Biggest biggest loss to Michigan since 1947. Slaughtered. Minimum wage was How do you 40 not cents score? in 1947. How do you not score? Asterisks vacated, but yeah. <laughs> That's all we have for you on this Monday edition of (laughs) The Payoff. Appreciate you tuning in. Of course, you can listen to each and every episode archived on wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever it is. Check us out there. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. I think we've got a little bit more on this Michigan stuff. Certainly, it seems like it's going to be new news breaking each and every day. So we'll have that more reaction to the Lions, as well as everything else from around the Great Lakes Bay region. So long, everyone.